Today's episode of the podcast is not the uplifting, inspirational episode you might be looking for, but it's me pondering the big life question we are all asking ourselves right now. Is the world inherently good? Or is it just really bad? Yeah, that's today. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Let's jump in. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. Hi. I am talking to you from a really divided place in this moment. So as I think so many of us are these days, I struggle with the amount of privilege that I have in my life, especially at this moment in time. And with privilege, I both mean the fact that I am on a very abundant vacation right now. I feel like I am really getting to experience that very rare blessing of just having so many opportunities, getting to be in the sun on a white sandy beach in the middle of November when it's just raining and really dark and cold in Sweden where we live. Everything is just in that, you know, day-to-day -day beauty and gratitude of time spent on vacation, right? It's always usually, you know, this, this, this heightened moment of our day-to-day -day when we get to do that. But also, I think this just general feeling of privilege around the fact that, that everything is okay in my life. And I know so many of you listening, you're feeling the same thing. I don't think anyone on this earth is unmoved by what's happening in Palestine right now. And having a roof over our heads, having food on our tables, having a general sense of safety in our lives is just not to be taken for granted. Those foundational things. And I've been in a space over the, just, just the past few days where I can't, I can't, shake the feeling of 
I can't believe we get to have it this good. I can't shake the feeling of, I can't believe that not everyone gets to have it this good. And I think for the first just week of this vacation, I did a really good job at being on vacation in every way. And now I, um, yeah, I'm just really struggling uh, a bit to navigate, yeah, to navigate my own privilege, to navigate the foundational sense of everything is just fine in my life. And for so many people across the world, it's literally the opposite of fine. And there's nothing I can do about that. And I know, so when we, when we went on this trip, so this trip we've planned for a long time, over a year. And when I went, I knew immediately I'm going to get some negative feedback from people on the internet just from being on vacation, even though for 99% of people in this world, like everything kind of continues the way it does, right? All of our lives from the outside, we're just going to work, we're home with our kids, we're paying the bills, we're arguing about whose turn it is to empty the dishwasher, we are, you know, living our regular day-to-day lives, which is such a bizarre experience when there is a genocide happening, not very far away. And I knew that in the midst of that, you know, now, now we have this trip planned, it's coming up right now, it's like a really weird it's really weird. It's weird timing to do anything that feels exceptionally joyful when there is so much visible suffering, right? Because it's so visible for all of us. It's all over social media. We're watching it unfold. And um, yeah, and then we went and then I shared my first little snippets of, okay, we're here now. And immediately got, of course, as I knew, comments from people saying, how can you be on vacation when, when, when this is happening? And I also know that that's a totally bizarre thing to say to a stranger online. It's a really strange demand to put on a person overall, you know, for all of us to stop our lives. Like that doesn't change anything, doesn't help anybody, you know, for any of us to step deeper into some sort of created suffering in our own little bubbles. Like what, like that's a really bizarre way to look at, yeah, to look at, at, at big world events somehow. It's, I don't know, it's, it's really weird. It's, it's bizarre to continue living as if nothing has happened, but we're all, we're all forced to do that in a sense. We're talking about what's happening. We're appalled. We're heartbroken. We're struggling from afar. But at the same time, life resumes, right? And it's also strange to do beautiful things. It's also strange to be on vacation and to experience this kind of peak of some sort of yeah it's bizarre I don't know and uh, just over the past few days especially last night so I had I had a really 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 bad night and I don't know if it's just kind of accumulating now so basically we left the island we were on we were there with our with my family we've had just a really cozy beautiful time And I think because we were there with my whole entire family, I felt really, I felt like I was really part of a community throughout the whole trip. It was so beautiful to have my grandparents there and all of my siblings there and my dad and his wife and her parents. And it's just been this big family gathering and I felt so safe and so relaxed and so supported and all of that just from this 
place of real family, which is something I haven't always had. And it's a feeling I haven't always felt in this family constellation, but I'm really appreciating it now. And it was this sense of like, wherever we go, I could just, I could just park the stroller with Bear and completely trust that nothing's going to happen to him. Like there's, you know, my people are all around me, kind of. There was just this general sense of absolute calm and safety and even going to a restaurant, knowing that, okay, if he gets fussy, like I can hand him off to any one of 11 people. There's a few kids I would not leave Bear. (laughs) The little kids I would not leave Bear with. But there's 11 people, 11 adults here that are just so ready and excited to snuggle him and hold him and bounce him and talk to him. Like there was never a moment where Dennis and I couldn't enjoy or couldn't have our dinner or eat. Like it's been so beautiful. And then we decided to extend this trip. We decided to spend another week. And part of that was like, we're already all the way over here. We already have this flight. It was $50 to change all of our tickets for another week. Like very affordable to change the tickets. And it's low season here. So we've been able to just find affordable places to go and like you know we could actually swing another week instead of instead of another week of November in Sweden so we were like screw it like let's do it let's just do it we're here you know you only live once like let's go and yesterday we said goodbye to my family at the airport and we took a boat to another island and the moment we said goodbye it's like the moment like I really had a moment where I wanted to cry just hugging my dad goodbye just out of out of the joy of having been so close for 10 days. We've never had a trip like this. We've never spent this much consecutive time as adults with my dad. And I just felt so grateful and feel so much love for him. And I feel so, I I really feel it's been a really healing trip just for our little family, little, our big family constellation. And I almost cried saying goodbye, but it's like, hey, we live 10 minutes away from each other. See you guys in a week. You know, it's not a big deal. But the moment we got on the boat to go to the next place, instead of feeling like, ooh, you know, another week with my little family, because that's also nice. Like me, Dennis, Leanne, Finn get to have like a week, just us, like, you know, I all of a sudden started feeling really unsafe. Yeah, just out of the blue, already at the airport, which is really weird. I normally don't have any feelings of like anxiety or or yeah, like around a lot of people, like that's not my thing. Like Dennis doesn't like crowds. He's always been like that, like going to a concert with Dennis. He always needs to know kind of, he wants to know the way out. He doesn't want to be in the front or in the middle. He wants to be back in the side. Like he wants to be able to exit quickly if he needs to. He doesn't like just to be surrounded by masses of people. It really stresses him out. I've never had that. So we're at the airport and there's people everywhere. And I just start to feel like a little claustrophobic, like, oh my God, you know. And then people keep coming up to Bear. I mean, he's in this vibe now where he just, anyone looks at him and he beams. Like he just flirts with everybody, smiles constantly. Like he's such a happy baby. So everywhere we go, people are like, oh my God, hi. Like everybody stops to talk to him, which I normally love. And it's so sweet and cute. But for some reason, everybody wants to touch his face. (laughs) Everybody wants to touch his face. I really, I don't know. And it's not even like it's a cultural thing. Like it's like in this part of the world, people like to touch baby's face. Like everywhere, like 
the locals, tourists, like everyone just wants to touch his face constantly. And I'm not into that. Like, especially not people traveling, coming from long haul flights. Like I am not into bunch of random germs from people at an airport on my baby's like cheeks. No, thank you. So I find myself like feeling a little bit on edge as people are greeting Bear instead of feeling like, oh, hi, you know, so nice to meet you or talking to people. I'm like holding him like ready to step back in case they reach out to touch his face, which people are doing constantly. Like just at the airport, like six people are like trying to grab his little cheeks. Like a woman tried to kiss him. (laughs) This very sweet little elderly woman, like she was very sweet. And she just like reaches, like tries to like stand on her tippy toes. Like she was really little. She she wants to, she wants to kiss him. And I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) Like, thank you. That's very sweet of you. But please, please, random stranger I have never met. Don't kiss my baby's face. (laughs) And then I'm like, am I being really uptight? I asked Dennis, am I being really uptight? He's like, yes, absolutely. You're always uptight. Like you're very uptight. Just... But I'm like, is it weird that I don't want strangers kissing the baby? He's like, yeah, I don't know. Not that weird. He's like, okay, I I get it. But yes, you are uptight. I'm like, okay, thank you. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. So anyway, we get on the boat and We have been on a bunch of different boats since we came on this trip. We have been on a seaplane twice, tiny, tiny, tiny seaplane that has like eight seats or something where, I mean, you literally take off from the ocean and land in the ocean and it's really bumpy and basically feels like you're like hanging off the edge of the plane. Like it's really one of those tiny, tiny, crazy planes. And I have felt so relaxed. Like I haven't had one thought that, oh, what if this plane crashes? Oh, what if this turbulence becomes dangerous? On the boat, like we've been on a bunch of boats doing different boat trips and just to get to the resort and to get from the resort, you need to take a boat to get on the plane, all that stuff. They have not once had an appropriate like life jacket for bear. Like he's too small. They don't have infant baby, baby life jackets. Like they have life jackets for kids. 
And I have not cared. I have been so like, no, but this is so safe. Like the water is really calm. Like we're sitting here, nothing's going to happen. I've been that kind of just very relaxed about everything. There was no car seat for him to get from the airport to the boat. That was fine. I didn't freak out, you know. And we get on this boat to get to this new island the first time just after saying bye to my family. And they didn't have an infant life jacket like as I knew they wouldn't. And all of a sudden I start to spin. I start to go, wait, 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 wait. There's no life jacket for him. And then it goes, there's never been a life jacket for him. Like if you were really worried about that, like we should have brought one or bought one, you know, like you knew that there wouldn't be one. Why is that an issue right now? Like he's safe. It's a short boat ride. And I'm like, wait. And I start to think like, what if we collide or we hit a reef or something? Or what if the guy driving the boat all of a sudden has like a stroke? I go through all these scenarios. What if the boat flips over? Like Leia has a life jacket. I have one. Dennis has one. Like we will all stay afloat. Bear won't. And I go into the crazy worst case scenario of like, this is how Bear is going to drown on this trip. And Dennis kind of catches me right away. He's like, hey, honey, like you're spinning. Like, let's take a breath. You know, you're doing that thing that you sometimes do where your brain takes you scary places. Like that is not realistic. I have him. I'm holding him. I got him. We're almost there. Like, look how beautiful it is. Like he's really... I don't know, when I when I get into these little like fearful places of what if something happens to the babies, which I don't often anymore. I used to so often. I used to have these feelings and these worries and I would like run into Leia's bedroom in the middle of the night just to check on her that she's breathing. I haven't done any of that in a really long time. And since Bear was born, I actually haven't had pretty, I almost haven't had any of those intrusive thoughts of, what if he randomly dies? Like I have felt so safe and relaxed with him. Maybe it's like second baby thing. I don't know. But on this boat getting here anyway, I was just spinning. I could not relax. And that feeling hasn't quit. And then of course, like immediately I draw the parallel to, well, like this is just, this is just a dumb thought I have in my head. Like it's not a valid fear. I mean, it's not, not valid. Like it's a fear. It's an emotion. It's it's okay for me to have this feeling, like it's good for me to process it, but it's not realistic, right? I am not under threat. Actually, I'm not even in my like mundane, regular day-to-day life of like driving to school and doing the things I have to do. Like I am experiencing this peak moment in my life, being on this incredible vacation that most people don't get to go on. Like how rare is it to be in this part of the world, experiencing what we are experiencing, like... And then instead of in that moment, just feeling gratitude and wow, I'm just like panicking and feeling this very irrational fear that something's going to happen to the baby. And while there is mothers right now, fathers right now, a whole land of people, both from Israel and from Palestine that are literally grieving or that are literally fearing for their lives in a very realistic way right now. And I draw that parallel and I get very reminded that this is actually actively happening. It's not slowing down. It's continuing to escalate. Nothing is changing. It's totally hopeless. And I just sort of brought myself into this. Like I brought myself into like a tiny little panic attack. <laughs> I, and I can kind of like chuckle at myself right now because I, I, I feel ridiculous about it. I really do. I feel like, hey, here I am 
like being maximum in a place of maximum privilege. And I am here fearing for my babies, but I have no right to. And then I started to kind of guilt myself about that. Like I went into a whole loop and then I felt guilt that I felt the fear because who am I to feel fear when I actually am not under threat and real people are under threat. Real people are losing their babies. I am here living this amazing life. And like, who am I to feel any of this? It's not even real. And I just went down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah. And I went pretty far, you guys. (laughs) I went... Yeah, I went deep. I spiraled yesterday. And we get to this island and, you know, Bear did not fall off the boat. Bear's fine. Leia did not fall off the boat. She's fine. But for some reason, getting here, I start to feel like I'm not really safe anymore for whatever reason. I don't know. And instead of doing what I know I needed in that moment, like, okay, like maybe I am well aware I am not in a country that's being occupied. I'm not experiencing genocide. I am not, I have not had my children kidnapped. I am not under any kind of active threat whatsoever. Everything is not only safe and fine, but everything is kind of extraordinary right now. Like I'm safe, right? And instead of taking a moment to ground and kind of let myself feel those feelings of fear, maybe talk to Dennis a little bit more maybe go back into like what triggered this actually because it probably relates to something familiar right probably relates to something around abandonment something connected to my dad I'm sure I'm sure there's like a moment in that moment of separation that triggered something for my inner child like 100% and what I really would have needed was like a moment to just be held and a moment to take a breath and a moment to hold myself as well instead of judge and guilt myself about these feelings that I'm quote unquote not supposed to have, right? Because truth is, if a feeling is there, it's there. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So as we, like, it's a really beautiful island. Everything is totally fine. But we went to eat, and then we went to go to sleep. And I couldn't. I just, I could not fall asleep. Dennis is in bed with Leia. I'm in bed with Bear. And, you know, he couldn't sleep either, probably because of my very anxious energy that just wouldn't dissipate for anything. I couldn't fall asleep. And the more I couldn't fall asleep, the more I start to spin myself into a frenzy about not being able to fall asleep. Hours are ticking away. Like Bear fell asleep at nine. It's 10 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock. It's 12. It's one. It's two in the morning. I'm awake. And I'm awake with this feeling of like something sitting on my chest. And I am thinking about the children and I'm trying really hard not to cry right now because, yeah, I've said this before, but, you know, this is, these are not my tears to cry. (laughs) I would like to channel these feelings that I have for something useful. And I really feel like being a white woman sitting on a, 
on an island in the Maldives, crying tears about a war happening many miles away. Like, I feel like that's just the epitome of white privilege and kind of centering myself in a narrative that is not about me. And I think that's really important. I don't know. I think that that's important for us to hold in a way that we feel our feelings and we process our feelings, but we do it in our own spaces, you know, that we find our own resources and we, in our own little communities, you know, process the grief that we're feeling collectively. But that if we have a platform where we speak to a lot of people, right, the way I do, not everybody does, but I do, that we don't center ourselves in a narrative that isn't about us, right? And I'm saying this just like this is why I hold my tears back when I talk about this, but I cry a lot in private, just, um, yeah, I'm sure you know, as I'm sure you are as well. But I laid there all night, yeah, all night, thinking about the children, thinking about the mothers and the fathers, thinking about like how it's possible for us to live in a world that at the same time, like that has so much beauty and both beauty in a sense of like, oh, I'm in a beautiful place. The earth is beautiful. There's beauty where I live in Sweden in the forest there. There's beauty here and these beaches here. There's beauty where you live outside your doorstep. Like mother earth is so abundant and so beautiful all around in all seasons. And also the beauty of like, there's a six-year-old snuggled into the crook of her daddy's armpit like over there and I look at them and they're so peaceful they're sleeping in a tiny bed <laughs> together and they're so peaceful and it's so beautiful and then I have a little five-month-old bear like in the crook of my arm flaying his arms in his sleep because that's the thing he does now and he's so beautiful. And I was just like holding the beauty of this little constellation and the four of us and the fact that we get to be here. And I don't mean like we get to be here as in we get to be on some vacation, but like we get to be here and live this life together. The families that we have created, like we get, we get to have them. We get to, we get to hold each other. We get to live this life and walk this earth together. And that is maybe the single most beautiful thing I've ever known. And how is it possible that there is this much beauty? The way I know that you have that beauty in your life, you have your loved ones, you have your own babies, you have your best friends, you have your family, you have your people. You have the earth, the way I have that connection to the earth. Like we all have that level of beauty in our lives. And how is it possible that at the same time, such suffering exists. How? How is it? And it's not just suffering as in day-to-day -day suffering, because we all know suffering in different ways, and we all know terrible things happen, and terrible things happen seemingly sometimes just out of chance, randomly. You know, my best friend, like, accidentally, like, totally by random, like, got in a car at the wrong moment, and happened to be like a couple of inches in the wrong place at the wrong time and got hit by a truck and died. And for years, I used to replay in my head, like if I would have called her, you know, if I would have called her that morning, maybe that would have set off like a little butterfly effect of moments that just made her get in the car one minute later, like one fucking minute, maybe 10 seconds would have made the difference that she would have been not exactly in that spot when that truck arrived. Like I 
thought about, I obsessed over that for years. And it was also random. And eventually, you know, when those kinds of things happen, like accidents and death and disease and illness and separation and, you know, there's suffering all the time. We all experience suffering in different ways. But when that happens and it feels so random, right, it really feels you eventually get to a place where you sort of have to accept that, that that's life. Like that's, that's God's will, you know, and I guess like I still struggle with that, but in some way it's like nobody did that. There was no active malice. There was no, you know, doing from someone's behalf that caused that death, that caused that suffering. It feels like those things, you know, we, we accept them eventually as part of life, no matter how much they hurt. And, you know, it also happens to children, like children get cancer and die. Children are in accidents and die. Things just happen all the time, every single day, every moment of the day. We know this. There's suffering all the time and there's beauty all the time. And somehow we can, or at least I can at least sort of balance that and accept that. But this, where there's suffering at this scale and there's will behind it, there's an active doing behind it. It's not just the universe accidentally placing a person at the wrong place at the wrong time and that happened because who knows why, right? But when there's a doing, when there's an active doing, that also could stop. At any moment right now, the people in charge could decide to stop and no more children would have to die in Gaza. Like that's, that's true. And yes, you know, I know whenever anyone talks about the thousands and thousands and thousands of people being killed right now, when anyone talks about Palestine and the Palestinians, immediately the first thing you hear, well, what about the hostages? Yes, of course, it is also true at any time they could, a person in charge could choose to bring those children home. And... I don't know, I feel like after a while, it's like how many, how, how, how there's no balance here. <laughs> None of this justifies the other. And the killing of more innocent people doesn't make up for the loss of, of those already lost. But it doesn't stop, right? Neither side stops. And that knowing like that feeling that 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 this, the, there's this level of violence and this level of suffering and this level of loss and it could stop but people are not only choosing not to stop but they're they're choosing to make this happen that truth i just have a really hard time digesting like yeah i can I can accept that life is life and people die. I can accept that God works in mysterious ways. I can accept that there are accidents and things happen and loss is a part of life. Like it's super hard and it's so painful. And I cannot even imagine, truly cannot even imagine what it would be like if something happened to one of my little ones. You know, if if we had that, an accident on this boat, for example, like I, I, I can fear it, I can even have kind of a panic attack around it, but I can't actually put myself in a place where I can even remotely 
connect with what I would feel, what that experience would be like if something, God forbid, and I'm knocking on, on wood on this little table in front of me, if God forbid something were to happen to my family. But to then put that in the equation of someone doing that, not just God, not just by random, someone doing that, someone perpetrating violence, someone murdering your family, someone killing your people. I can't, like I, I, I literally can't because it means there's, it means there's evil in this world. It means there's malice in this world at a level that is so impossible to understand. And last night as I was lying there awake, just nursing Bear on and off, flipping him on and off. He does this thing where he just rolls and rolls in the middle of the night. So I had these little, yeah, I had these little breaks in the night where I would just kind of tend to him. And then I would go back to just lying there feeling this pressure on my chest of like, is this world a good place? Is this world a safe place? We know it's not good for everyone. We know it's not safe for everyone. And somehow I think before now I've had this feeling of, detachment as in well when wars unfold because there's war all the time right and we also know there's horrible things happening all the time perpetrated by people onto other people people kill people people rape people people do awful things to adults and to children like that happens all the time but somehow because it's not in our faces it's not maybe connected to us it's not in our communities at least it's not in mine I've sort of had this idea that, well, overall, people are good, right? Like there's bad apples there, but like the earth, like somehow I like to believe like nature created us and nature is good, right? And bad things happen and there are bad people, but at the end of the day, like the the good (laughs) overcomes. And last night was my first, I think maybe one of my first moments in my life where I really had the big felt sense in my body of maybe that's not at all the case. What if this world is actually a bad place and there's moments of good? What if people are inherently bad and then there's good apples, right? What if it's just dark? And what if it's been dark for a long time and all of us who've had this idea that actually it's light and it's bright and there's more good than bad, like we've been all delusional. Like I, I, and as I'm sitting here today, you know, out of that night, because it was a really dark night, I had a moment where I, I felt like I was going to have a real true panic attack. I almost woke Dennis up, but waking Dennis up would have meant probably waking up bare. <laughs> And I didn't want to risk that. So I just, yeah, I just stayed in my dark place alone. I, um, I'm sharing this with you because it's just my, yeah, it's where I am in this moment. Just, I'm talking to you now. It's 10 in the morning. You know, eventually at some point I fell asleep. I don't know when, maybe four. I, I, it was kind of like starting to get light outside. I was really awake in that dark, dark place all night. Fell asleep eventually, and then Bear woke up, and I asked Dennis to take him for an hour, and then Leah and I slept another hour in here. And then we walked outside, and I had that kind of hungover feeling you have after having had a big wave of anxiety or like a big panic. I don't know if anyone, yeah, 
I'm not prone to panic attacks or anything like I know, you know, some people are. Panic attacks are not, you know, like a constant in my life. I've had one season of my life where I had them and it was right in the middle of my burnout. But since then, it's not, it's not a thing. It's not like, oh, any time in my life I might have a panic attack. Like it's a really rare thing. And I think because I have had my feet anchored in that feeling of like the world's a good place. And if we don't, if we walk around with that feeling in our backbone, like the world's pretty bad, which honestly speaking to you now, I don't know what is what. Is what. I don't know how it's possible that this is unfolding and it's unfolding in front of everybody's eyes and it's not stopping. I don't know how that can be true. And at the same time, the world is good can also be true. I don't, I don't know how that equates. I don't know how people are pulling thousands of children out from under rubble and the world is just watching it we're just looking at it on social media and it's and it's not stopping like I don't know how that can happen in a world that's inherently good I don't know and I think if you have your feet rooted in that place of I don't know if the world is good maybe the world is really dark maybe it is bad probably I would imagine it's easier or you might be more prone to panic attacks and anxiety if you live from that place like that's not a unreasonable thing to presume right and I haven't lived in that place and probably because I'm really privileged probably because I have a lot of abundance probably because of the color of my skin and where I was born and all the things that I did nothing really to deserve at all it's just luck right I have, for most of my life, really, truly believed that the world is a good place. And um, I don't know anymore. <laughs> and this is probably not what you want to hear from this podcast. <laughs> Actually, before I... So we had breakfast... And then I'm like, I'm going to go record the podcast. And then as he knew I had, you know, I'm not having a good, I'm not having a good 24 hours. And he goes, be extra inspirational. <laughs> and he's like, go be inspiring, you know, go team, like go, go. Like he's so good at just bringing humor into, <laughs> into everything really. There's nothing that he, he can always kind of lighten the mood, but this idea that, I sometimes have that I'm supposed to be inspiring, right? I'm supposed to provide you with like positive stuff. So you come to this podcast and you're like, yay, go world. <laughs> Which I know is like a ridiculous thing. And no, that's probably not what you come to this podcast for because this podcast is rarely yay, go world. <laughs> this podcast is mostly just I think all of us together somehow feeling our feelings and resonating with each other and letting ourselves be human. And maybe I am putting some words to what some of you are feeling right now. Or maybe you just came to this podcast because you're like, life feels so dark. Let's let me hear, let me hear some light lightness from Rachel on vacation. Well, if that was the case, I'm really sorry. <laughs> Go to last week's podcast. Okay. Last week's podcast was much more chill. <laughs> this one um but yeah so I um I know and he here is what I hope it it takes much less 
It takes much less of something good to be reminded that the world is a good place, or at least to believe that the world is a good place. Like it's, it's so simple to just, yeah, like look, look at our babies. Like look at any child in your life. Maybe you don't have kids, but look at any child in your life. Spend five minutes with them just in their organic way like the way they look at the world, the way they, just the way their being is. And, and you'll know there's good, right? Like it's just, it takes very little of the good for us, I think, to anchor back into, okay, an exhale of some sort. You know, a moment at sunrise, a beautiful, like, moment spent in nature or a hug from someone that you feel really safe with or it can be like a really good cup of coffee can bring us to a place of like mm, you know like life there's so much to enjoy there's so much beauty all the little things and what I think is really challenging at this state of the world is to do those things and to really let ourselves experience those things and to really hold the light and to hold the gratitude and hold the blessings while also not ignoring what's happening while also keeping our eyes open and our making our voices heard and i think there's a lot of yeah i think there's a lot of confusion i think i think there's i think you know what you know what i think this shit's fucking hard like being a, being a human at the state of this world is really hard. And we know similar things have happened before, but the, at those times, you know, we didn't watch them unfold. And somehow, shouldn't that empower us to do more? The fact that we see it, shouldn't that enrage us more? Shouldn't that, shouldn't that change things? Shouldn't that make things stop faster than they would before? Shouldn't that... Shouldn't the very fact that the internet exists and that we're all seeing everything on social media, shouldn't that be enough to make it make it so that this doesn't happen in the first place? You can't do this stuff in the dark anymore. You can't do this stuff in hiding. You can't tell a different story than what's happening. Like it's what is, is. But somehow that's just not fucking true. Like even with what is being shown online, like there's so much propaganda there's so much untruth there's so much misinformation there's i i i just know like it's it's hard to be a person with a phone and and trying to figure out how to navigate the day-to-day and yes of course not even on the same planet as what it must be like to be a person in palestine right now no i bet i think that that's 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 obvious to all of us but I wish I had like a, here's what we do now. I, I kind of wish someone would, 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 would bring me that. I don't know. I said a, a few weeks ago, I think that this feeling that I get sometimes when I'm parenting, where I'm kind of looking behind me, like, is there a parent here to help me? You know, is an adult going to step in now and, and support me a little bit? Cause I have no clue what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that all the time I think all of us are waiting for some sort of authority to step in and make things good right some sort of authority to to make things right and that authority just isn't there 
And what if we are supposed to be the authority? We, the people, like us, the mothers, like we are supposed to be the authority, but we're all looking around like, hey, who's going to who's going to actually fix this? Like who's going to actually step in? And then the answer to how to do that is so incredibly complicated and feels so far away that like we're just we're just scrambling. Everyone is just scrambling, like scrambling to scrambling with this guilt, scrambling with this grief, scrambling with our own gratitude. Everything is just a fucking scramble. <laughs> I don't know how that word just came to be but yeah yeah you guys I don't know what I'm doing I really I really am in a place that I I don't know what I'm doing I don't know how to I feel like I don't know how to human right now so when we feel that way like if I take a moment just to anchor into myself right now like when I feel that way I don't know how to human like what do I need to get back to a place where I do maybe that's the maybe that's the question to answer first before answering the question of how do we fix the world or answering the question of is the world a light or a dark place is it good or bad really hard for one single person to answer that and also really big heavy questions to grapple with I think alone so I think probably the most important thing is to not be alone with it that we talk that we pick up the phone or that we sit around the kitchen table or sit in circle or however we sit with our people that we talk that we share here's how I'm feeling here is how this is affecting me here are my fears here are my anxieties here's my gratitude here's my guilt that we share that that we lead with that that we don't put those feelings away in a dark corner of our hearts and, you know, think we can somehow deal with them later because we can't. Like, we have to deal with them now and we have to deal with them in a place where we feel safe and in a place where we're seen and we can actually digest and process what we are seeing, what's happening. Like, that's probably one, to not spend too many nights awake in the middle of the night in a dark place on your own, right? And then after that, like, what do you need to get back to a place where you feel like you can do the human being thing? And, um, yeah, I actually don't, right from where I'm sitting now, I don't fully know the answer to that. I know I have a lot of resources and I'm really blessed with those resources and I'm going to use them. Um, probably... <laughs> probably what I need is a really good cry because I haven't had one yet today probably what I need is a really good scream you know a great place to scream it's really hard in Sweden in November but if you happen to be on vacation somewhere warm under the sea <laughs> under the sea um in water yeah people can't people can't hear that the same a deep ocean scream or if you have a place where you can go in nature where you can just find that place deep inside the pit of your stomach and just roar oh yeah highly recommend that maybe to shake these feelings out of our system you know just to shake our bodies a little bit 
do something really intensely physical, something, anything. Yeah, a cry, a scream, some movement. And then meeting that at the very end with something really nourishing, just something to bring you back home, whatever that is, a hug, a nap, good plate of food, you know, something, something. Maybe some time spent with your babies. And then, you know, when we get back to that place of like, okay, I'm not in my hole anymore. Feel my feet on the ground again. I think I can do the human being thing. Well, we got to act. We got to act. We got to use our voices, the ones we have, because we have them. And demand ceasefire. Demand ceasefire demand ceasefire now and if I knew what else to do and how else to go about this other than to sign every petition you come across to donate to every organization that you can to share the things that you can share in your online spaces to continue to learn and to talk to people to not close your eyes if I knew what else, because I know we're all, we're all doing those things. We're all already doing those things. So what else? Yeah. Now again, I'm like adult, please. Like what, what, what else? I don't know. I'm going to close here because I'm going to go do, I'm going to go do the crying for a little bit. So if you feel anything like me and this podcast brought you some sense of connection, then I'm so grateful and I'm so happy that you came here to listen and that you hold me in this space because the fact that you listen to me when I sit here speaking really is exactly that. It's holding me and um, makes me feel less alone. So thank you for being here and thank you for listening and go take care of yourself and do the thing. I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.